Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Pardon the Disruption. My name is Jonathan Sanchez, a.k.a. Weasel, and I'm your host today. I'm going to be your moderator. I'm going to be your slight instigator uh, for our panel of professionals, our panel of movers and doers and real uh, slight trash talkers, but we're going to figure that out today for them. Uh, today, we got Steve Trang, RJ Bates, Eric Brewer, and Chris Jefferson. Gentlemen, if you'd like to take a few seconds and just introduce yourself to our audience today, we'll start with Steve. Yeah, Steve Trang, uh, Real Estate Disruptors, nationally recognized sales trainer. Uh, what I love to do is help people close more deals with a, with an effective sales process. And we are on a mission to create 100 millionaires. And that's one of the reasons why we put on this show is to help as many people as possible with our platform. Awesome. And then we also have RJ Bates today. Yes, sir. RJ Bates III from Fort Worth, Texas, real estate investor. Uh, in my intro, I just want to discuss the fact that Fernando Tatis Jr. is fifth in the all-star voting for Major League Baseball for shortstops, and he hasn't played a game. That's almost as bad as the voting for Chris Jefferson last week. <laughs> hopefully everyone that's watching does a better job of voting this week. We're starting early with the talk, and I like it. <laughs> uh, Eric Brewer also. My name is Eric Brewer. Uh, I've been a real estate investor for about 16 years. Uh, I'm in Pennsylvania. I do everything from wholesale to some uh, coaching, leadership training, uh, new construction, multifamily, single family. Um, happy to be here. Had a lot of fun last week and uh, excited that we're only 30 minutes into today uh, of being on this call when we were actually able to launch. So we're about 15 minutes ahead of where we were last week. All praise the weasel. Way to go, Weasel. And I think we have our first contestant who will be muted today. Um, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we have Chris Jefferson. For sure, man. Chris Jefferson, Richmond, Virginia, uh, better known as the people's champ, I think, at this point. Shout out to RJ Bates the third. All right. Uh, real estate investor, 12 years, uh, everything from wholesaling to multifamily. Uh, excited to bring some hot takes back to the show again and uh, walk away from this thing with the top votes, man. So let's get into it. There we go. Well, if you're tuned in today, this is exactly how the show is going to work. We have five pre-selected questions, and then we're going to get some questions from the audience as well. Each person will have 45 uninterrupted seconds to make their point. And after everyone is gone, we're going to have an open mic rebuttal period. So you guys will get to uh, spar with each other right there. The winner of each question is then determined by the audience. So pay attention to the chat. There will be a voting option. You guys can vote. Please let them speak and don't vote prior to. I'm not going to say any names, but some people were getting some votes last week before we even started talking. Would it say okay? Uh, gentlemen, you guys ready? Yeah. yeah All right. Let's, let's, let's start with question number one. What is the best cash flow real estate asset? Steve, we'll start with you. Oh man, I should definitely have been more prepared for this. So I think the best cash flowing asset is just a uh, single family. You know, I think that there are a lot of different options, but I think with houses, it's more manageable. It's uh, a, an appreciating asset that you don't have to worry about um, as many. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I think it's just a reliable asset that's going to appreciate over time, and you have all sorts of different options. You know, you could do. Uh, short-term rental or long-term rental you got the depreciation component um i think for me i all the assets that we own they're, they're single family i think they're just easier to rent out doesn't matter what's going on with the the economy and so on so i think for me i, I think single family uh single family properties are, are the best cash flowing all assets. right there's your 45 seconds uh rj bates your thoughts on the all best right. cash flowing real estate asset 
Yeah, I'm going to go with multifamily um, because we're talking about cash flow. We're not talking about appreciation. So Steve just kind of messed up the first question right off the gates. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with multifamily. Um, I think everybody that starts in single family, which the majority of us on this panel are in single family, uh, we all aspire some days to get into the, the larger multifamily game because of the cash flow aspect of it. So I'm going to stick with multifamily. Okay. And with time left on the clock. Okay. We got a real confident contestant today. I like that. Uh, Eric Brewer, your thoughts. I feel like I should use my first 10 seconds to try and explain what the hell it was that Steve said. I, I couldn't even figure out exactly what point he was trying to make. But I would say certainly to RJ's point, it's multifamily, right? I think what happens is, though, is we confuse active income and cash flow with relatively passive or less active cash flow. Quick, easiest way to make cash is single family. But eventually, like RJ said, people want to graduate to multifamily. It spends similar amount of time trying to put a deal together, but you buy 250 doors as opposed to two doors. So I would say multifamily for the win long term once you have the guts to go after. OK, OK. And Chris Jefferson, your thoughts. Yeah, I'm going to say multifamily, obviously, also, I think is the best cash flowing asset, but I'm going to switch it up just a little bit. Uh, for the majority of people watching, I think, you know, the concept of multifamily can be pretty daunting. Uh, it can seem like, you know, hey, how can I buy a property for five, 10, 15 million dollars? So starting with small multifamily projects like duplexes, triplex, quadplexes, where you can pick up a piece yeah, of property yeah. where you can uh, mortgage out uh, the property and you can pay your debt service down with one side and then use other sides uh, of the property to cash flow, uh, I would definitely say. And this time is the 110% uh, best type of assets you want to try to pick up uh, cash flow wise. Now, Steve, you got attacked pretty early for uh, your relevancy to the question. So I'm just wondering if you have anything to follow up with considering you've heard everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think multifamily sounds great, right? But I think a lot of the reasons why you get into multifamily is there's a depreciation component. Um, you're, uh, you do uh, the fix and flip where you're trying to stabilize the asset and so on. So I think multifamily is cool, but I, I don't think uh, you look at short, uh, single families. You can do short-term rentals. You can do Airbnb. If you're looking at return on time, return on on, on cash, uh, Airbnb is going to be a, a, a better ROI. It's just harder to scale than multifamily. So I think it, it comes down to your preference. Do you want the best possible ROI or are you trying to get just straight cash flow? So I think that those are the things you got to look at as far as uh, – initial rate of return or, or, you know, cash on cash returns. Any thoughts from the rest of the panel on this? Yeah. Who is the, who is the Tim Brotz and Grant Cardone of single family cash flowing assets, Steve? <laughs> uh, there's a guy in my neck of the woods, Zach Keeps. He's got uh, a couple hundred assets and he's doing really, really well. I I, I think he sleeps pretty good at night uh, with his portfolio. Yeah, that's a, that's a couple hundred assets. You're mm -hmm. talking about Tim Brotz has uh, several thousand doors. Yeah. Yeah, but I think for for multifamily, you're looking at the the cash out component, right? Like you watch it, you you buy a property, you stabilize, you do the cash out uh, refi for income. I think that's the the play for multifamily. It's not even the cash flow per se. It's just the uh, it's great for accumulating wealth. More, I think the reason people reason why people are multifamily, from what I see more often these days, is not for the cash flow as it is for the appreciation, the depreciation, and and the uh, the cash out refi for tax free income. So the other yeah, thing on, on CJ's point, real quick, CJ, I'll let you go because I already yeah, talked a yeah, lot. Yeah. But one of the things I was going to say is, is you talked about the ease of access getting in with duplex and triplex. 
The other thing with multifamily is you can get in with syndication and you could be a smaller component of a bigger conglomerate that's actually doing the project itself. Yeah, it's, it's funny you just said that, man. We got to start controlling the deal, uh, controlling the deal with multifamily. Even if you're syndicating the deal, keeping a small percentage, getting a one, two, three point asset management fee uh, can go a long ways uh, for sure, man. I, I think multifamily is where it's at. All right. And we're going to call that round one. Uh, the voting update is in. And congrats to Chris Jefferson. 63% of the votes. You are round one's winner. Uh, we have our man, second question ready when you guys are ready. Any other last second thoughts on, on that first question really quickly before we move on? RJ looks flustered. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's lost all confidence. Yeah. In, in, in <laughs> <laughs> call, me, call me Chris Jefferson the third, man. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Question number two. What's the best hire when you're scaling up your business? Best first hire. Who's going first? Let's start with let's start with the champion. Let's go with Chris. I like that thought right there, man. So look, uh, if it comes down to your 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 best hire, your first hire, I'm always going to suggest whatever your weakest side is. You know, everybody's got a weaker side, whether it's admin or whether it's sales. You know, I think we live in this industry climate where everybody's like, oh, let me rush out, let me get a caller first, let me replace myself on the dollar. But I got a different perspective, right? Like if getting on the phone and locking up contracts is what brings in money is what brings in revenue why would that be the first thing you look to give up as soon as possible people start making some money and they immediately go to displace themselves from the, the revenue generating point so for me i think an admin uh, on your team is always great to come in and help manage your follow-ups to manage up your appointments to manage up what you have going on in the business so you can focus on sales all right let's go to uh eric brewer next so I have a two-part answer. I think Chris uh, makes a valid point. Uh, it's it's a different answer for each person. One, it would certainly not be the thing that you're best at. And oftentimes, the people that start in this business are really good at sales, and their first hire is someone in sales. That's a mistake. I would say it should be one of two things. Either A, it's going to be an administrative person, because as a solopreneur, oftentimes we're doing marketing tasks, administrative tasks. I would hire an executive assistant. The second person I would hire almost at the same time is a coach that can teach me how to lead and manage and motivate people because oftentimes it's the one thing that business owners stink at, that they were really good salespeople, but they're horrible business owners. Okay. Okay. RJ Bates, your thoughts. Okay. I completely disagree with both of them. They're both dead wrong. There we go. You hire whatever you're strong at because that's what you can teach and immediately replicate. Because as the business owner, even if you're weak at something, you're going to have to, to come up with the solutions on how your business is going to overcome your weaknesses. And so the best thing that you can do is plug and play someone with your strengths because you can train them and replicate yourself immediately. And then as the business owner, you can put yourself in the position of deciding how you're going to fix the weaknesses that you have. So whether that's admin or dispo or whatever it is in your business that you're weak at, you're still going to have to come up with a solution there. So for me, what we've always done is, is hire to our strengths and then replace ourselves from that. Okay. Okay. And uh, Steve, let's, let's hope you bring it home for this one. Yeah. I really am just shocked at how bad of RJ's answer was. Uh, I mean, that was really, really bad. Uh, so for me, uh, I've always gone against the grain. Uh, unfortunately, I, I agree with Eric on this one. Uh, so 
I say hiring a coach is the first one if you can't afford it, right? If you can get a coach, they will help you fill in all the blanks, right? Get you, helping you run your business the right way. Um, so, and I, I don't recommend this for everybody, but my biggest regret was not hiring a coach as soon as possible. Even putting on credit card if necessary for myself, I have a ridiculous risk tolerance. That's what I would have done if I had to start all over. Uh, but that is definitely not the answer for everybody. So, but for me, I think the most important person to hire when you first start is a coach to help you execute the business the right way. Okay. The real question is Steve's next hire should be a stylist because he has a shirt on today that looks like it belongs to a middle school kid. Like, what is that? <laughs> it's Travis it's, Matthews, you son of a bitch. Yeah, but you have a pocket on the front of your shirt with a button and a button? Yes, I do. Sometimes Thank you. Let's get back to the today. matter at hand here. Is that is that something in the pocket or is that a – it looks like a passport in pens. the pocket. Pens. I have a, I have a can real question, Can you mute him, please, Weasel? <laughs> no, this is fair game. This is fair game. Since I was the lone one that said you hired to your strength, since all of you are hiring to your weaknesses, how do you actually train that person to do the things that you suck at? Mm. You hire good like people that, that like already that know how to do the things to... you suck at. You're... That makes no sense. How are you going to bring somebody? You're going to hire someone that already knows how to do the job. Yeah. Yeah. So, RJ, like, would you For hire an accountant and then you train them up? Or would you hire No, he hires construction doing? workers to no, do his accounting and then them no, how to no sell. No hire an accountant. No one said that. You said hire an admin. So when they come in, they're going to they're gonna ask you, okay, how would you like for me to do things? Well, I don't know. I suck at it. You go figure it out yourself. Well, then whoever trains them when you hire them then? Whether That's it's the first saying. or the last. You hire to your strength, then you develop yeah. your SOP RJ, let me, and your let me business that structure you. to then replace you and your weaknesses. I'm not doing any SOP. I think, RJ, I think what it is is getting – you got to get – you got you to gotta hire for your weakness and you got to get them your mic is cut. Mike just cut out. Mike just oh. cut out. Oh, Intentionally yeah. or unintentionally? <laughs> we, we, we muted we, CJ because he, he didn't bring any value to this, but he's yeah, still going to win. The value meter automatically nixed the mic. Look, his votes are going up while his microphone's not working. <laughs> I'm just saying we might have to take a look at that. We might have to take a look at that. Um CJ is the winner again. Chris Jefferson, he's 2-0 today. 2-0. And for the record, Steve, I like your shirt, man. I think it's pretty cool. Thank you, Weasel. Appreciate that. <laughs> uh, if you guys... Uh, actually, Chris, if we can figure out the mic situation, we can't actually hear you right now. But we'll move Let's on to the third on. question, and we'll start with Steve. Um, right now, Steve, what's a better investment? All right, I'm back. Crypto I'm back. or stocks? Uh, so oh. if we had, if I had to invest right now, and those are my two options, I would go crypto all day, any day. I think stocks, I think stocks is trash. Uh, stocks, you got a one-to-one, -one, right? Like you just got to hope that it goes up. Uh, but I think they're both gambling. I truthfully believe stocks and crypto are, are both gambling. And if I'm going to be gambling on uh, crypto, and I'm, I'm assuming when you say crypto, I'm like, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, right? We're talking about coins. If we're talking about coins, I, I think it's pure gambling, and one has way more upside than the other. So uh, for me, I, if I had to bet on a coin or a stock, I would go with uh, crypto all okay. day. Okay, with a couple seconds to spare. I like that. Professional. Uh, RJ Bates, let's go to you. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same answer here. I'm going to go with crypto. Um, 
especially right now, considering the fact that everything's gone down. I, I think we've seen enough over the past couple of years to know uh, that it's it's going to kind of ride a, a cycle similar to real estate, where it's going to have its peaks and valleys. And and obviously, right now we're in a valley. So if you are trying to invest in either crypto or stocks, I agree with Steve. I think it is some sort of gambling, but um, I think right now crypto would be the answer. Um, specifically, looking at something like Bitcoin, where the the price is significantly dropped. Uh, I think we know it's going to go up pretty significantly here, at least sometime over the next eight to ten months. Uh, hopefully sooner if you have invested in it. And I, I just think that's a lot safer of a, a gamble than than stocks right now. Okay. And uh, today's undefeated champion, Chris Jefferson. Your thoughts? Yeah. Listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say crypto, but I'm only gonna I'm only gonna say crypto actually for one reason. I've lost a shit ton of money in crypto. Uh, but uh, thankfully, I can afford to lose it right now. But I've lost a decent amount of money in crypto, so I'm saying crypto, all right, because me, like everybody else, I needed to bounce back, all right, so we can sell some of these coins off and uh, and get some nice profits. But I like crypto right now better than stocks. Stocks are going to be here to stay for a long time. They've been here forever. Uh, you know, stocks are more patient money. I see crypto as a little bit more bullish. Uh, so I'm going to pick crypto on this one and uh, and hope I can recover some of my losses, man. I got I to gotta pay RJ to ship my belt to me. So hopefully we can get it figured out. <laughs> Steve, any thoughts now that you've heard everyone's points? Uh, Eric hasn't gone yet. Oh, Eric, Eric, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all good. Um, I would actually go with stocks. I think for one reason, and, and I'll fully disclose why, um, I've made the choice to, to, to spend virtually no time or energy learning about crypto. So for me, my general investing philosophy is to invest in things that I can at least understand a little bit. So that's my personal preference. Does that mean uh, what everybody else should apply? But I have the ability to be able to look at companies in a 200 year cycle to look at what stocks or companies have produced a significant return back to their investors. My whole problem with crypto is we're talking about maybe a 10 year cycle to be able to look at. And I'm scared to death of how legislation could potentially impact crypto, no matter how great it is or how it can change the world. Um, I'm really fearful of how legislation and government intervention could have an impact on the value of crypto. I'm out on crypto. Okay. Okay. Any rebuttals or any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing I want to add to that is uh, when I say crypto, when I hear the words crypto, I, I associate it with like, you know, the, the coin. So I believe blockchain is the future. Paul Sparks and I, we partnered up to create something to help people uh, invest in the blockchain with less risk, not low risk or no risk, but with less risk. I believe blockchain is the future. You can see what, what uh, we're talking about, you know, at some point uh, doing title right on the blockchain. Uh, so I think blockchain is a far superior investment. But when I hear crypto, I, I, I went to coins here. So that's I just want to clarify that. But uh, even though I don't care for Bitcoin, I think Bitcoin's worthless. I would rather buy Bitcoin than any stock. Okay. Okay. Any other thoughts before we close out on the uh, on the subject and get to the voting? Yeah, just real quick, I would say I think it's important to like to consider the utility of it, kind of like what Steve is saying. Uh, you know, Ethereum, Bitcoin. I think those are going to be here to stay. I think a lot of us, myself included, unfortunately, right, we bet a lot on some meme coins. We bet a lot on some you know very like penny coins that we wanted to try to jump in on and get massive profits on. I think. That kind of run has probably already passed. I think a lot of those coins are getting wiped out right now for sure. And so getting into more stable, long-term coins, I think, is going to be the strategy, not trying to get rich in crypto. 
And Chris, so just to recap, Chris has lost a shit ton of money in crypto, <laughs> and some of them will soon be wiped out. So that's where you should put your hard-earned money, just to, to, to put a nice bow on that, right? Hey, Chris, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get the prices back up, man. Chris, if you need, I get a, it. If you need to have a call, you and I, you know, just to kind of, you know, vent and, and, and some therapeutic uh, right. messaging, just let me know. Please, man. I'm going to have to take you up on that, man. It's been, it's been <laughs> tough out here the last 60 days, man. So, uh, so Dogecoin, not to the moon, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> this voting session was a little bit closer. Okay. The man with the best shirt in the room came in second place. Chris Jefferson is 3-0 and today, guys. So, we're going into another question. Somebody got to step it up because it's looking like a clean sweep. And it's just not that entertaining <laughs> when that happens. Chris Brady, man. They call me Chris Brady, man. <laughs> uh, question number four. Okay, we're we going with cold calling versus driving for dollars. Um, let's go with the champion again, Chris Jefferson. Cold calling versus driving for dollars. Listen, man, who's driving these days? Oof. Like Oof. cold calling. All right, cold calling, low cost gas is. I don't know how much gas is. I don't pay attention. Was it five dollars now? Right, gas is five dollars. They're saying gas is going to go to six bucks. Get on the phones. It's low cost. Get yourself a list. Get to dialing and, and, and use your skill set that you're learning and training for to get deals closed. I'm not going to go drive for dollars right now. I don't think it's efficient. I don't think it's scalable, but uh, that's my personal opinion. Okay. Uh, Eric Brewer? I'm going to go with neither. They're both trash. Cold calling is a rat race, right? Like I get 37 of those calls a day between myself and my network carrier. Nobody's getting through to me. And I actually have a few hundred properties that I would sell to someone that made me a reasonable offer. I'm just completely turned off the cold calling. I think the general population tunes out the instant they hear someone that may have called them from an auto dialer or sounds like they have the tiniest bit of an accent or they're not sure who they're talking to, right? You always got that three minute gap where it's like, oh, someone picked up. What's the name of the person I'm talking to? I'm out. I think they're both worthless. I'd rather you go work for someone that can afford real marketing and learn how to work those leads on inbound opportunities. And then once you save up enough money, go do some direct mail on TV. Okay. Okay. RJ Bates, your thoughts. I think the the point here is, is that it, it depends on how you actually execute those, those forms of marketing, because you look at Mavro properties, Anthony Pappas was just on Steve's podcast. They virtually drive for dollars. So they're not actually getting in the car. They're utilizing tools like, uh, batch driven or deal machine and they're virtually driving for dollars and then they're they're reaching out through other traditional means of of marketing whether that's texting cold calling whatever cold calling for us we don't actually have our acquisitions teams do that we're utilizing virtual assistants to do that um it, it is it's 20 percent of our deal flow is comes from cold calling um if i had to pick between the two i'm going to say cold calling just because it's what we actively do but if you're a solo panera, I do think that you could do virtual driving for dollars for cheaper. Okay. And Steve, before you take your turn in answering, I need you to know that Tesla autopiloting for dollars does not count. This is a, we're speaking from the experience of actually pedal to the metal driving for dollars. So go ahead. Your thoughts. I actually got in trouble by my Tesla. I got a warning because uh, I was trying to uh, record my screen while I was driving. And uh, it said that uh, <laughs> I got a, like if this happens a couple more times, we're going to disable your autopilot. Um, but anyway, um, so I, I think driving for dollars with a different spin. I think that, you know, when you're going to an appointment, uh, the sales guy should be going a little bit earlier. 
uh, and driving around the neighborhoods, seeing the ugly houses. You know, uh, I had a, I have a friend in town who he says his best deals comes from having his sales guys go to appointments early, driving around the neighborhoods, looking at those, looking at those ugly houses, skip tracing those guys, and yes, cold calling them. Uh, but driving for dollars to get the the best list. So I think that if you're actively in the business, uh, drive adding driving for dollars, going a little earlier is the best way to go. If you're not actively going to appointments, I think cold calling. So okay, okay. Any rebuttals from the panel? Yeah, I just uh, you know, look, I, I just want to say, I feel like I'm having a conversation, quite frankly, with like you know, it's like watching old NBA, you know, ESPN <laughs> classic guys with like shorts like halfway down their leg. You know, they're, they're talking about. You know, not cold calling and not doing this. Go cold call, man. Go make some money, all right? Absolutely. Any other thoughts? Any other thoughts before we close out the question? So you guys got a lot of time to rebuttal. It sounds like there's a little bit of uh, scariness involved with checking each other. Well, I think yeah. part of the issue here with this question is you're talking to a lot of people that, uh, or four people here, that we, we do a significant amount of marketing. We've all done cold calling. I think when we think about driving for dollars, though, that's not a, a scalable model. So the answer here is probably always going to be cold calling over driving for dollars. I mean, unless you try to, you know, cheap out on the answer like Steve did and say, send your guy out to drive the neighborhood a couple minutes. And then cold call him. Right. And then cold right. Call. And then okay, cold thank call. You <laughs> yeah. RJ, you could have, it, it, it's okay to say Chris is right. <laughs> Listen, you're actually losing a round. I'm hoping they'll close the damn voting. I'm trying to just end it so you lose. There's still a few seconds, but it looks like it looks like yeah, we might have our, our first winner or our first other winner besides Chris. Uh, Steve in the lead with 46%. I believe the voting is closed as of right now. So Steve, congrats! You finally got a round. I don't know if you got a round last week, so this is your first one. It's my second one. Count so this is your second it's one. Okay, my freaking play. trophy. Oh, All right, two for ten. Two for ten. That's not bad. <laughs> Weasel, um, hand him over. Uh, hand him over one of those participation trophies. <laughs> I will. I'll print it out. Uh, okay, guys. The last question. Um, we're gonna go with social media. Is social media or physical hand-to-hand -hand shaking networking the best route taken right now? Uh, let's start with. Uh, let's start with Steve. Uh, I mean, I think that for sure, social media is the way to go today. I think there was a time where getting out networking. Uh, was was the best way to connect, create relationships, and, and and get business. But these days, you could reach so many more people. The connections are not as real; they're not as, as high quality. But you can reach so many more people uh, being intentional with social media. So, um, I I think a hundred percent you could do more deals by being active on social media, sharing your story, telling people what you're doing. And then also not forgetting to ask them, right, if there's a way to work together, if they have any deals. Uh, um, so I think social media for sure is the way to, to reach as many people as possible to get additional business. Uh, 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 well, additional business. Okay. RJ Bates. Social media is the way to open the door, but networking is where you close the deal. I mean, I, I have life-changing opportunities that came to me because of me putting myself out there via social media, and it allowed me to be in the same room with people that then changed my life. And, and so for that, there, nothing can ever replace that human-to-human -human interaction, getting to know each other, breaking bread, 
uh, like networking is. And so, yeah, I mean, I think utilizing social media is extremely important, but it's never going to be able to replace that uh, connection that you get from networking. Okay. Let's go to Eric Brewer. Your thoughts. Yeah, I would say 100% social media. Um, I, I talk often with our people here and anybody that I get the opportunity to try and encourage. Um, social media is a great way to be able to create a referral network with absolute strangers. In the past, we would only get referrals from people that knew us directly, liked us, trusted us, or did business with us previously. And social media, if it's done correctly, RJ, you know, recently over the last a uh, couple months has, has had a tremendous following that's uh, developed on TikTok. Steve obviously has a big podcast, which is a form of social media because of the way they broadcast it. But social media, just like RJ said, is a way to create relationships with absolute strangers. But then the way that the deal really gets done is it converts to a phone call, a Zoom call, or an in-person meeting. I also have had opportunities I never would have had that came from social media from people that I had zero relationship. I heard the buzzer the first time. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> right? okay. I'm just not sure if you were able to hear it or not. So uh, thank you. Got it. Uh, oh, oh, Weasel. Yes. Before you, before you tell CJ to go, he okay. hasn't said a word and he has 33% of the vote. Just throwing that out there. I'm All saying right, vote gate might have to be a real thing because I'm just noticing a trend. Um, Chris Jefferson, a lot of pressure on you to answer this question because it is 2-1. So if you let this one slide to Steve, it's going to be a real interesting tiebreaker. So your thoughts? No, it's all right. I, I, yeah, it's okay. I'll be right. So look, uh, I disagree. All right. I don't think it's social media. I think we've created this perception that social media is easy. I mean, look, for RJ to get, build his following, he had to do, what, 90 days straight on, on YouTube in order to build that following. I highly, highly disagree with that train of thought, even though I have a social media presence. If you want to build business, if you want to raise capital, if you want to find out about the newest trends, you want to find out what's working in the industry right now, you have to get off your ass. You have to go spend money and you have to go to masterminds. All right. When you go to masterminds, you're able to get into a room and have conversations with A-level players that generally, just quite frankly, they wouldn't even respond to your DM on social media. When you're in a room with them and you've paid to get into the room, there's a, there's a immediate respect level that's given because we've both paid to get into the room. Go network, get to masterminds, and build relationships. Okay. Thoughts from anyone? CJ, how do you network appropriately if you can't listen? I mean, I clearly said networking. <laughs> you're saying you disagree. And then you <laughs> no, 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 no. But you, you started what I said. <laughs> yeah, but you started off by saying social media first. And, 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 and RJ, and RJ, I got I to gotta say, I, I don't believe you about the networking piece because, you, quite frankly, man, you're not that friendly in networking events. <laughs> I remember, I, listen, I, I remember when I, I was just a nobody. I said, hey, RJ Bates the third. I've heard about Close training. the voting. Close the voting. Close it. Voting is still open. It's still open right now. We got, we have a rebuttal period that we keep the voting uh, open for. I see a lot of value in, in, in what, what CJ and RJ are saying, right? I mean, I think the networking is important, but I think for a lot of the people, getting started in social media is the most impactful activity you can do when you start. Um, you know, the networking, the masterminds and things, these are all incredibly valuable, uh, things. I mean, I wouldn't know, uh, Eric, if I wasn't in, in a mastermind, um, but I also wouldn't know RJ or CJ if we're not for social media. Right. So I think, I think there's a right place for networking. I think it just comes after social media. You have, uh, an influence when you walk into the network networking because of your social media, they're not going to talk to you, uh, in some of these places, if they don't have any idea who you are when you, when you walk in the door. 
Where do people drive that's, traffic that's to point. their networking event? Where do what? Where does all the traffic or the people find out about where the local networking event is on social media? Right. It starts there. I think everybody agrees that the goal is to have a meaningful relationship or conversation is better in person, but it expands our network and the amount of people that we can be introduced to by using social media. And then we can filter it down to the people that we want to have a conversation with in person. Yes. <laughs> Did we have a pity vote? Are we getting pity votes for RJ? So it, it looks like, yeah, RJ Bates came through. Last second clutch win, 43% of the votes for RJ on that one. So he's got a point. Uh, Eric Brewer is scoreless. I'm not sure what's <laughs> yeah. going on with that. We'll check that out after the show and figure somebody, out what's going somebody on. Somebody did tell me, though, real quickly, somebody did tell me that they saw RJ Bates. Uh, Cassie posted him on Next Door Neighbor asking for votes to get on YouTube and post on this <laughs> link. So shout out to RJ Bates for finally winning a round, all right? <laughs> all right. You went on Next Door to get votes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you said use social media, so he did. Um, our last question is a user's or a, a, an audience submitted question. What's better currently, in your opinion, is it going to be rentals or Airbnbs? Let's start with uh, let's start with Eric Brewer. Let's get you some early points. Uh, I'm cool without the points. I think we all know when we get off this call who the real winner is. You can let the 13 people on here vote. That's okay. My confidence is an all-time high. It's for sure rentals. Like again, but then, again for me, this is my, I have not participated or invested in short-term rentals or Airbnbs. I love the cash flow. I hate the pending or potential legislation. I've seen it in certain areas in Florida. People bought Airbnbs down there. They were making five, $6,000 a month in cash flow. They changed some legislation. They're no longer allowed to do Airbnb. They're $500,000 into a $380,000 property. I don't like how new it is. I might not be first to do something. I like to let things unfold a little bit, be able to study it, sit back, let it unfold a little bit, and then I'll go in with a little bit more confidence. And uh, so it's rentals for me. Okay, okay. And just uh, for the record, buddy, I hooked you up with a couple extra seconds on there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Chris Jefferson, let's go with you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Airbnb at all. Uh, I don't think it's a business. I think it's a hustle. I think it's like, uh, to me, it's a real estate get rich quick scheme. You got a ton of people that are flooding to it because you can utilize arbitration. You can utilize different ways to explode profits with it. But uh, it's just not a sustainable way to look at business, in my opinion, with legislation and different things going on. I think rentals, more importantly, using rentals in the way of uh, seller financing, wrapping mortgages, I think that's the way to go, uh, 110%. Uh, if you want to get some very fast cash, you can do Airbnb, but I'd be very cautious uh, with that, especially in this market, this economy. Uh, you know, Travel vacationing is getting ready to be down, and you've got every single day, you've got people flooding onto Airbnb. Okay. Uh, let's jump over to Steve. Uh, so I would say uh, if someone's starting right now, if they can get into an Airbnb, I think that's the best place to start. Uh, when you're when you're first getting started, cash flow is more important, right? Return on investment is more important. Uh, I don't think that Airbnbs are going to be great long long term. They require a lot more management. But right now, in the early part of your career, uh, if you're trying to get more uh, assets or more cash cash on hand, I think Airbnbs is the way to go. Um, and even though I'm not really bullish on it, I know personally that there are multiple hedge funds getting into it. You know, they're buying Airbnbs in Scottsdale, so. I think that even though it's subject to legislation, if you buy it in states that, you know, are a little less 
less regulatory. I mean, I'll never buy a rental in a blue <clears> state. <throat> I think uh, Airbnb will be Airbnbs will be okay in the red states. All right, and then let's close it up with RJ. Yeah, I'm going to mirror almost everything that CJ said. Um, I I'm not a fan of Airbnbs. Um, and then on the rental side of things, I, I think that the conversation here should have been more of uh, long-term rentals or seller financing. And I'm a, a huge for, uh, proponent of seller financing. I think that's the better way to generate uh, consistent uh, cash flow for you, especially early on, uh, like CJ said, to do wraps. Um, that's pretty much what we did with almost our entire uh, rental portfolio. And, and now it's just it's turnkey. I don't have to do anything. I mean, the money just shows up. Whereas rentals, you know, there's going to be constant maintenance. There's going to be tenant turnover. That's a full-time gig. And then Airbnb with the legislation. I mean, that's just a nightmare. Okay. Any rebuttals from the panel? Yeah, I think it's just a point of, you know, everybody's just, Airbnb's like been a hot button topic. It's been a conversation for the past couple of years. We've been in a really super hot economy but you know in, in all reality most people right like the average everyday person let's say it's somebody making fifty thousand dollars a year at a job you know telling that person to go arbitrage and go sign a lease for 12 months in a city that they've never even been to and to put a property out on airbnb and what happens to that person like once that you know the market goes down and those sales stop and they've still got a, a debt obligation on a lease like that's not the conversation we're having and I, i'm passionate about that because i don't want to see people get in unnecessary debt Okay. Any other thoughts from anyone? Are people actively going to buy Airbnbs in other states? I guess for people, me, I'm kind of spoiled, right? I'm in Arizona. So like there are a lot of people doing Airbnbs in Arizona. It makes a lot of sense in Scottsdale. I and, think everybody Airbnb. that lives in Wisconsin that's doing Airbnbs is buying outside of their state. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, <laughs> no high most people are doing arbitrage too, man. Green Bay. All right. Uh, it looks like Eric Brewer took this round. I'm what? extremely excited to say that. So we have points scored by everybody on the panel today. Uh, um, we're definitely going to have that vote gate now. <laughs> vote gate is going to be a hot sub, hot topic <laughs> I gotta, I gotta going into week three. I got to do some research, man. I got to send some people to do some research on what's going on here. <laughs> uh, great insight from everyone. I do want to, before we get out of here, give everyone just some final closing thoughts, a uh, chance at saying something. So let's start with you, Steve. Go ahead. Uh, any last words or final thoughts from today's debate? Um, I, I think uh, there's a lot of great wisdom here, truthfully, right? A lot of guys here uh, on this panel here, again, the, the reason why we asked them here is because they're knowledgeable and they're actually in the business. So I think that what you want to do uh, as you're listening to this is be discerning, you know, figure out which model makes the most sense for you. And then stop voting for Chris because he obviously is not winning. So that's what really I want to leave it at. RJ, any last words? Uh, what I learned today was is Eric Brewer is the most conservative human being I've ever met. He <laughs> doesn't want to do crypto because he doesn't have 200 years of prior uh, research that's been done on it. He won't do Airbnb because there's not 200 years of that. Uh, and then also to all of Chris's uh, students, uh, you suck. <laughs> you actually cannot go to titaniumcrucible.com you're not allowed actual mentorship from a real mentor oh, that's it um, Chris what, what do you have to say about that 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take the mic on that. Thank you, RJ, <laughs> for that. Yo, first of all, first and foremost, man, shout out to the you family, man. All right, you guys know the vibes first and foremost. But no, this is fun, man. I think having these conversations, sharing perspectives, I think is important. Uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about what I, you know, say you should do. It's not about what RJ, Eric or Steve says you should do. You have to listen to our perspectives. You have to think about where it resonates for you in your own personal life and where your journey is at right now. What are your long term goals? Right. Like maybe multifamily isn't for you if you don't want to make one hundred thousand a month. Maybe you just want to make fifteen thousand dollars a month or, you know, whatever the case might be. So take the information we're sharing, you know, develop a path to progress from there. Make sure you tune in every week while we're doing this as well, man. I'll see you guys next time. Okay, and let's close it out with my personal MVP of the episode, Eric Brewer. Uh, thank you very much, Weasel. Your <laughs> gift is in the mail. I appreciate and, it, my man. Uh, I appreciate it. Not, next time, we're just going to lay low on the buzzer a little bit. I don't need it to be. <laughs> give me a give me a chance to catch my breath before you hit the buzzer again. Uh, no, but I would echo what what everybody other than Steve said is this was a lot of fun for me. Um, I actually look up to and anticipate this happening. And uh, I enjoy the different perspectives that we get here, even though we may disagree on certain stuff. I like to take away RJ or Chris's um, or Steve's perspective and go back and reevaluate maybe something that I'm doing or the way that I see something today that may be cold calling. Right. I was burned out of it. Just just tired of getting screamed at. I'll probably go back and take another look at it today. So I appreciate the opportunity to share. It is fun. And for us, I would just say, you know, it's a cool opportunity to hear different perspectives. All right. <laughs> I was already giving it up. My apologies, man. My apologies. I had to hit you with the buzzer just one last time for good vibes. Uh, that's going to be the <laughs> show today, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in every Thursday here to Pardon the Disruption. We'll be back next week. We celebrating uh, CJ as the champion this week. So we'll, we'll figure out the voting system. I do see some comments about the voting system and things like that. We appreciate that feedback. We'll look into it, um, especially the 30% before you've even spoken. That will be addressed. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll definitely we make sure we get Steve a better up. shirt next week. So uh, any, last, any last words before we sign off, guys? You look great back there at Steve Javi. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Weasel. Hey, thank you, man. You did an awesome job, man. We appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you, you guys. I appreciate you guys. One last buzzer for the road. That's the show. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. All right.